Welcome to Wellness Realness with Christina Rice. I'm your host, Christina. I'm a holistic health coach and the creator of ChristinaRiceWellness.com, where you can find my blog, services, programs, and current ebooks. You can also find me on my other podcast, Straight Up Paleo. In this podcast, I'll be discussing all things related to health and wellness, and I promise to always keep it very real. If you'd like to submit a question or topic for me to discuss, send it in to podcast at ChristinaRiceWellness.com. Don't forget to subscribe, leave a rating and a review on iTunes, and most importantly, enjoy the show. So I don't know about you guys, but I'm really into the new podcast intro music. I'm probably biased because I picked it, but I hope you like it as well. It's so nice to have an intro made that I can just pop on there. So different. But hello. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again. If I sound different, it's because it is almost 1 a.m. and I'm having a crazy week. I just got back from the Nutritional Therapy Association conference in Vancouver, Washington slash Portland this weekend and picked up a not so fun illness and then rolled straight into my NTA midterm workshop weekend. So a lot of fun things going on, but a lot of traveling and having a crazy schedule and not getting as much sleep as I like. But that being said, although I got less hours of sleep, my sleep quality is so on point because of my Somnifix. And if you guys followed along on my travels, you know that that was very high priority. Kara and I, we we went to Portland together. We're just very worried that somebody had to bring the Somnifix because it is my number one health hack necessity. I absolutely need it in my life every night. And it is what ensures that I will get a good night's sleep. So even if I can't get a full eight hours in, as long as I'm wearing it, I know that I will sleep deeply and not wake up. And actually last night I didn't wear it because I was so congested. So I had to breathe basically through my mouth or I would not be able to breathe. And I was waking up constantly. And I really know that it's from the mouth breathing now. It's crazy. But if you're not familiar with Somnifix and my obsession, here's the deal. It's mouth tape. So you put it on your mouth while you sleep. This is specially designed mouth tape. So it's hypoallergenic. It does not hurt when you put it on, take it off. It has a little vent in the front that you could you could breathe through if you want to breathe, but it just helps to keep your mouth closed during the night so that you breathe through your nose. This keeps you in a parasympathetic state so that you can have deep sleep throughout the night. It also stops people from snoring and from drooling if you drool while you sleep, but more than that, it prevents you from getting a dry mouth. It helps with your immunity. You'll enter into a much deeper state of REM sleep. You might not wake up in the middle of the night anymore. That's what happened to me. It's so nice to get a full night's sleep all the way through. And 
I've even been using this mouth tape during the day when I feel stressed out just to sort of force me to breathe through my nose and it helps calm me down because when you breathe through your nose, you are entering that parasympathetic rest and digest state. If you don't know what that means, basically our bodies have a sympathetic state where we're kind of all hyped up, fight or flight, and then we have the parasympathetic, which is rest and digest. We want to be in that when we're sleeping so we can get a good night's rest. So I'm obsessed with my Somnifix. I need to sleep with it on every night unless I'm extremely congested like last night. Tonight, I'm going to wear it again because it's a game changer. And so many of you guys have been telling me how much you love it and I love seeing it catch on. It's amazing. If you get some, I love when you guys tag me and tell me you tried it or if you take a selfie with your mouth tape on extra credit points obsessed I will repost you so definitely try it out if you're interested check out somnifix at somnifix.com or you can go on Amazon and buy it through Amazon and use the code CRW sleep for 15% off it's a great deal and it will change your life and just let me know how it goes I'm very excited also, just so you know, sometimes there is an acclimation period. Sometimes you have to, you know, wait a few days or a week or so to sort of get your body used to it. You might accidentally take it off in the middle of the night just because your body isn't used to having it on, but you'll get used to it and it will definitely help. I mean, I can't guarantee it, but it helps a lot of people and it helped me. So help most of the population, I think. Give it a shot. Be a biohacker. It's incredible. I honestly don't think I would have gotten any sleep while I was traveling without it because I have a tendency to wake up a lot during the night when I'm in a new place. I like being in my own bed and I slept pretty dang hard while we were away. So thank God for that. So got back from my trip and was just very overtired, stressed out because I was handling so many things, trying to study and relaunching my website and doing regular work and doing the conference things, all the things. So I got back this week and I've been under the weather. So I'm sorry if my voice sounds a little off, but it's okay because you won't have to listen to it very much longer. A few things are on my mind. The first is that next episode is going to be the 100th episode of this podcast. So that's very exciting. And I'm going to do a really fun giveaway to celebrate 100 episodes. Wow. I'm so proud. If you are not already in the Facebook group, I would really like it if you joined in. You can search Wellness Realness Podcast Tribe and just request to join. And I'll add you in. We can grow the Wellness Realness family and all become best friends, and it'll be amazing and fabulous. I also just want to say thank you for being so supportive towards this whole rebrand and name change and being patient. Finally, back up on iTunes and on Stitcher. Some people might have gotten unsubscribed because iTunes is just, they just, I don't even have words. I can't handle, I can't hang with iTunes, but so if it accidentally unsubscribed you, please make sure you subscribe again if you enjoy the show 
it would really help me out and you out because then you'll always know when a new podcast is coming out. It's free to subscribe. So might as well do it if you love the show. And I think that about ties up the main things that were kind of left to do when I switched over the podcast. So thanks for hanging in there, but we should be back up on iTunes running smoothly. And you can also listen on my new website as well and on Stitcher. So that's awesome. I don't really have anything else to say. Let me just talk about my guests. They don't really need an introduction. If you are a loyal fan of this show, then you've heard them here before. I have Adam Schaefer and Sal Stefano from Mind Pump back on the podcast this week. They're just, they just always beg me to come on the podcast. I mean, what am I going to say? You know, like, I can't turn them down. They're just, they just love me so much. <laughs> no, I love them. So I always try and force them to come on my podcast anytime they're in LA. So did it again. Always happy to chat with them. They're the best. And if you don't know them, if you haven't listened to this podcast before, or heard their podcast, Mind Pump, you definitely should. It is an incredible podcast all about fitness, health, nutrition, all of the things, lots of real talk. They are, well, if you enjoy me, I think you'll enjoy them. Some people have told me that they think I am the female version of Mind Pump, and that is truly the greatest compliment I could ever receive. So thank you if you're one of those people who told me that. Anyways, they are so smart, as much as I hate to admit it. They are incredibly smart. <laughs> um, and I love talking to them. They have so much experience as personal trainers. They have experience as club managers, fitness competitors. They just know their stuff. And if you want to nerd out hard and also enjoy yourself, entertain yourself, go listen to the 8 million episodes of their podcast because they literally have 8 million. By 8 million, I mean over 700. It's the same thing, right? Their other co-host, Justin, didn't make it this time. Don't ask me why. I'm very upset with him. He needs to come back next time. But, you know, Adam and Sal, they talk enough <laughs> for the three of them. So it was all great. So, yeah, they came by. I made them some of my sugar-free Samoas out of my ebook. No sugar, no problems. Keto-friendly. Candida-diet-friendly low-carb friendly, no sugar, no sweeteners, delicious. And I made them some of my sugar-free red velvet fudge on my blog. You should make those if you haven't already. And they liked them a lot. And it was a great time, as always. So very appreciative that they took the time to come chat with me yet again. You can listen to them on episode 86 and episode 70 of this podcast. They've also been on my other podcast, Straight Up Paleo, and I was on their podcast, episode 677. That was a fun one, too. You should go listen to it. So that's pretty much all I have to say. They're the best. There is nothing I love more than hanging out with them and giving them a hard time. They're just so much fun. I know you guys already love them, so I think you'll enjoy this conversation. So without further ado... Here we go with Adam and Sal from Mind Pump. Really? I don't know the whole micro like culture. That is very interesting. 
Yeah, give, I want to hear all the, give me all the like yeah. areas. What do you want to know? Yeah, well, like, where's Are we on air? Out? I want to talk about this on air. Tell us all about <coughs> Down. Oh, yeah. No, we're recording. Good. Downtown is very sketchy. And like all of downtown or just some Like parts? sketchy yeah. as in like, like dangerous down, sketchy? You, yeah. Okay. Like you don't go downtown unless you have somewhere, <clears throat> like a reason. Okay. And I won't bring my car downtown. Why? What happens? I'm just scared it's going to get broken. Oh, stolen. really? Yeah. So downtown sketchy. And then what? where's Huntington um, Beach that you were just talking about? What's the deal there? South. It's just like, there's just nothing there. Like you, where you want to The beaches be, are nice though. I guess, but why wouldn't it's you everywhere. go to Venice or Santa Monica? Oh, okay. You know, like what? Like it just every. Everything is right here. What about the different cultures? Like, like, is there like a hipster area, a like douchebag area? I don't know. I'm just making things easy, but you know what I mean. Like, other area? Like, is it like that? Yeah. So, I mean, Santa Monica is like very beachy, getting a little bit more hipster, but then Venice is a lot more hipster and grungy. Mm-hmm. I mean, Muscle Beach, you know. Yeah. Those kind of people, more druggies, and then when you go further north, so you, then you get Beverly Hills, which is like very uppity. Fancy mm-hmm. Brentwood is also very nice. Expen- That's like Brentwood's probably my favorite place to go because it's like rich families. Oh, okay. So it's families, but but nice. It's like yeah, there. really nice. Um, and then you know you go further up, you hit Bel Air, which is like celebrities. That's where we didn't we stay up in that area last yeah. time. We, we rented a house up right, there, right right above Bel Air, actually, like the Mount mall, Olympus mall or something like that. You guys are like you guys were like oh, last time I saw you were like near hollywood like in the middle of bel air hollywood like yeah. that whole area that's like where most of the rich people live <clears throat> and then hollywood itself is super like not you, nice no one wants to be in hollywood yeah did um, you tell her what, what happened to us this trip where we're staying no what oh wow staying? so we got an airbnb right <laughs> mm-hmm. and it was really weird like we're, we're it was hard to find a house because i guess there's something going on this weekend all-star some basketball that? thing exactly oh, I don't so anyway <laughs> you don't know either no. oh my goodness no, smart people don't care so anyway it was a <laughs> oh, you know? it's nba all-star week well it's... why would you think i would know that well it's because it's in your town this week Whatever. it's kind of a big deal attention. yeah it's like it's like uh the olympics of basketball like try how they travel and they have it in all different cities well it's in your backyard it's a big week. deal apparently so anyway <clears throat> we couldn't get a house so we finally found a house last minute and the house the people of the house were like well we normally don't rent this out to people to steep stay in because normally we let people like do video and stuff here like people use it for like video modeling yeah. and stuff like that so whatever we get there and the upstairs is locked so we couldn't even get upstairs downstairs there were like it looked like a set almost <laughs> there were cables coming out of the wall mm-hmm. the master bedroom had this big bed with no sheets on it Sketch. It, total sketch. <laughs> there was weed on the counter. Looked like someone had ground it up and left it and there. We're up in like did a. You, it's like a five, it? ten million dollar house. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, I think they were filming. Like, I think I don't know what they're filming. We don't know. I think we know. Yeah, I think <laughs> we know. Well, yeah. we when we were hanging out, it was it? It was drama the the next morning. And we were sharing the story with him, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that's like a thing." He said, "Where were you? What side of the hill were you on?" We told him where we we're at, and he's like, "Oh yeah, that's a thing for sure. That that's very popular up there." Yeah. I was like, "Oh shit, I didn't even know that. That didn't dawn on us that we need to make sure we look into what type of house we're we use the black over. light." And we're I like, think "Wow, it's so funny when you guys are in LA Why? because I feel like you just." It's like a fish out of water. I oh, of yeah. course it is. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's so weird. That's how you're going to feel when you come up to the Bay. It's the same thing. No, we were... because I grew up there. Oh, oh sure. yeah. Okay. No, we went Sorry. to like we went to, <laughs> we went went to to dinner so, last okay, night. Wait, so if you grew up in the Bay and you're here, then uh, 
compare uh, cities Bay Area wise as far as you know San San Jose, Cupertino, Saratoga, San Francisco, like that whole feel compared to. Well, I didn't like. I was like young, so I, you know, my experience going to all those different cities. Okay, so don't don't act all gangster. You're gonna come up to San Jose and you're gonna feel you're gonna feel fish out of water just like us. I mean, like like differentiating the vibes between like Cupertino, San Jose, like you know, all those different areas, like. My extent to that was which one had the best gym for volleyball. Oh yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, like yeah. I didn't, I wasn't hanging. I feel out like you'd fit people. in more in the Bay Area. Like, I feel like that's your that's your why? that's your jam. Yeah, yeah. because LA is so LA super. It comes across this way. Okay, so this is just my own personal experience. It comes across super pretentious, like big time. Yeah, like, like just offended all your listeners. Yeah, right whatever. There. No, it's we go so to restaurants yeah. and stuff, and like last night we went to a restaurant, and you know we're just chill, relax. I'm looking around like, why is everybody so like I need to be seen? Type. I don't know. I get that vibe like big time. Yeah. You don't necessarily get that so much in the Bay Area. It's pretentious differently up in the Bay well, Area. Well, you figure, well, you said it last night, I think you put it best, like, we, or was it you, or was it Justin was talking about the oh, entertainment? No, depends what, what you're going to say. Well, the entertainment, <laughs> just talking about how LA is known for entertainment, the Bay Area is more tech. Yeah. You know, so yeah. you, you definitely get a different person. Like, who, what who, what, in, what are engineers normally look like, and what are, like, actors and actresses yeah. normally look like? It's so. pretentious differently in the Bay Area. Like, like in the <laughs> Bay Area, if you talk to people... They can be pretentious because they think they're smarter than you. Yeah, exactly. You know, so they're like, I'm smart, I'm smart, I'm smart. Here, right. I feel like it's about the looks a lot. Oh, it is. No, I talk about that all the time. And yeah. I was actually just on a podcast like two weeks ago and they said that to me. They go, why do you live in L.A.? Because you don't seem like an L.A. person. But that's also why I keep so much to myself. Like, myself. Yeah. You yeah. know, I don't like do to. You- I pick and choose what events I go to and mm. who I hang out with. I'm very... Picky. Mm. Did so. you do your? What do you? What do you normally? Do? So when you wake up, what do you do? You go to the gym, come home, do your work. Uh, I wake up. I told you, I rebound. That's right. I oh yeah, you cool. did. You tell us the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. 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 Then, You're very disciplined. Yeah. That's great. I'm scheduled. I know. I'm scheduled. Wait, but I want to go back to the topic. Yes. Of, of L.A. versus Bay Area yeah. because this is the problem, with. Sure, you can have my water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fine. Well, your your coconut cookie still got my throat itching so like crazy. Right now. But they were good, right? It actually was really good, but it definitely See, is. See, Doug's good. going for another one. Yeah, yeah go for it. Better have some water. You sure you don't just have cotton mouth with that, Adam? <laughs> mm. We stopped by a dispensary no, no, on the way here. over here. <clears throat> and he's uh, uh, interesting now. Everything's right. Have you been into a dispensary since the legalization? No, but you know, I live right next door to two. Literally. Did you see those two? Yeah. No. One right across the street. No. And then one across the street that oh, way. Oh, wow. No, we walked in. It's so it's so weird. It's so... God, I can't even believe it. What? What's weird? It's just so... <laughs> just, you just walk in. It's legal and... Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. I remember we used to hide and be all scared when we were kids if we were, you know, smoking weed and now it's just... Oh. Out. No, anyway, so we were really. talking about... We were talking about Cooper, uh, Bay Area versus here. Yeah. Well, my problem with the Bay Area... Is that I just feel like it's so behind on the times. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. And what, what fashion? No, in terms of health and wellness. Not, uh, like, there's, no. That's because I go, when I go to the Bay Area, okay, just, well, so, people are talking about, have you heard about this new thing? And I'm like, yeah, I heard about that three years ago. It just seems, feels very like. I could see that in your space because you're, you're, you're heavily around diet, right? I Nutrition. I have a very where, skewed perspective because in LA, we're ahead of everybody else. Hmm. In LA and New York. I feel like. Um, I would say, so it's tough, right? Because if you're talking about functional medicine and wellness, the Bay Area is pretty damn competitive. I mean, some of the best wellness experts I know are oh, in... San Francisco area, yeah. for yeah, sure. No, no, and no, Berkeley yeah. and everything like that. They have some of the best experts, yeah. but in terms of general awareness, <clears throat> mm. 
like if you're just walking around oh, here, yeah. everybody here knows what well, you're talking about. And that's because, uh, and it's not, it's driven because people are so concerned possibly, and again, we're stereotyping here, but uh, probably so concerned with appearance yeah. that they're very focused on the next diet, the next workout, the next whatever, whereas it might not be as much in the general populace uh, of, of the Bay Area where they're so focused on that. Up there, they may be more focused on... I'll tell you what the Bay Area crushes it at is this whole like hacking my cognitive ability, hacking my ability to work harder, the biohacker yeah. thing. That's very big up there because everybody's so focused on being oh, able to work. I mean, Dave Asprey came out of there. Yeah. That's where he, he, he was there yeah. first, then what, Canada, and now down to Austin or whatever, yeah. but he originated in, yep. in the Bay Area. Yep. So Austin's another place that's really like another <laughs> hub for health yeah. and wellness. Are you guys going to Pillow FX? Yeah. We are. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Oh, you, oh, you, you are? There. Yeah. Oh wow! I'm are you doing what? Are you, a booth or what are you doing? Are you going to interview? Just showing up. Oh, you're just hanging out. Have you ever been? No, I've always wanted to go. Have you ever been to a fitness convention in general? No. Oh really? Okay, so that's a good first one. Actually, it's a good one because uh, the the other the bodybuilding ones. Yeah, no, I don't waste to your time. Ask you about that last time when you ghosted me. <laughs> we, didn't, we, didn't, oh, <laughs> we didn't ghost you. We did not. We didn't ghost you. you didn't show up. Yeah. Huh? didn't show up no no yeah wait, how was that we had well we didn't the body bodybuilding conventions like i've been around that for a long time and so i'm used to that i thought paleo effects was just like that but in a, in a different way meaning like when you walk in 100 percent, if you're not like, there's a culture yeah there's a culture around it and it can seem pretentious or whatever or seems like tons of insecurities all over the place and i've been around it for a very long time i'm used to it. it's not a big deal and when we went to paleo effects it was funny. I felt like it was the same thing, just with the whole. I mean, it was with meat and bare feet and and blue blocks, bone broth. Yeah, yeah, but like the same My idea. Kind of people. Like the way people, yeah, yeah, right. The way people talk about like when they go to like a bodybuilder convention, like it's you know guys in stringers and shirts off walking around inside mm-hmm. the Fit Expo, and it's so bro, and it, and they they hate on it like that. Half well, naked girls throwing t-shirts at everybody. To me, to when, when I go to Paleo FX and I see like a, a mom, a uh, or a husband, wife, two kids, and they're all in there. Their, you know, bare their five finger shoes, and they got their blue blockers on in the in, day, in the middle yeah. of the day, and shit. And it's just like, okay, to me, that's the exact same thing as the the douchebag who's walking around but with his shirt off inside. The I will, expo. I will say this: general, my general experience has been that the people at Paleo FX were very friendly. Everybody was very open, very friendly, o- open to having very good conversations. I had great conversations there. Um, you know what they look like. It's like a bunch of buffed hippies. That's literally what it looks like. Walked around Paleo FX and it's a bunch of fit hippies. So you see like buff well, dudes that, with like are, dreadlocks like and LA vibes. Yeah. Basically. Right. That's really? what yeah. I'm saying the difference yeah. between like North Except Cal a lot and- except there's a lot of meat. So I know in LA you have the strong vegan culture here, right? I get, yeah, I guess. Over but there, also like, just Paleo effects is like it's like dead animals everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just I'm into it. it. Yeah. I'm into it. Speaking of which, you just ate a lot of dead animals. Can what do you mean? talk about your carnivore diet? Oh God, how did it go well? So what I did was I did. So I'm starting this new protocol. This is my second month doing it, where I do a 72 hour fast at the beginning. It's the second week, weekend of every month, so roughly the beginning of every month. And the reason why I'm doing it is. There's twofold. First off, reading the science on fasting, it looks like regular intermittent fasting, although that has its benefits, mm-hmm. it's probably better to do less regular but longer type fast. So rather than fasting till three o'clock every day, you know, every month I'll do a 48 or 72 hour fast because that's really what kicks in cell autophagy. It's what kicks in you know, the program cell death. It's what stimulates the stem cells to become new cells. And it, all this fancy stuff basically means that 
your body's regenerating and becoming new again. And I also notice a, for lack of a better term, spiritual or emotional, whatever word you want to use, um, benefits from it. Because when I don't have food for three days, you reset everything. I realize just how much food tends to run my life, even as aware as I think I am. Um, and when I go back to eat it again, it's like whole natural foods just taste so vibrant and so amazing. It's very easy for me to be intuitive with my diet. Whereas when I'm not doing that, you know, you get caught up in the what you've been eating type of deal. Um, and uh, it just feels good on my gut too. Incredible on my gut. So what I did this time is I did a 72-hour fast. And then I'd been reading uh, Dr. Sean Baker talk about the carnivore diet. Now I have my own uh, beliefs upon that before I even tried it. Like, I, do I think someone can eat just meat for a while and be okay? Yeah, but that's because humans can do a lot of things for a while yeah. and be okay. Like, you know, the average American diet is terrible and people do that for years and don't seem to be hurt until later on or whatever. So I don't think it's a healthy diet as much as I think the reason why some people have so much success with it is that they have so many food intolerances and so much uh, inflammation that avoiding all plants just is better for them because... If you're going to have a food intolerance besides eggs and dairy, most food intolerances are plants. Most things that people have issues with are, are plant-based. And you don't get as many meat intolerances as you do like wheat, gluten, nuts, seeds, those types of things. Those tend to have a lot of problems, more so. I'll, I'll let you... <laughs> well, what's, what do you think? What, what do you think? Well, in terms of yeah, like gluten, wheat, corn, soy, right? Yeah, but I would see just as much with animal products as without. I mean, if you're looking at intolerances, I mean intolerances are rooted in protein structures, mm -hmm. right? Which somewhat right, but don't don't they also say that there's well, things like defense mechanisms in plant? There's the yeah. lectins. There's you know other other uh, As you know someone who's taken a lot of food intolerance tests and seen a lot of other people's test results. Generally, people, it's it's what you're eating more of. So yeah, so somebody who's eating a lot of vegetables and grains, they're gonna be more it, likely to become intolerant to those foods. But I mean, for example. Mine, my first food intolerance, it was just all proteins. Right, and right. No, no vegetables. Well, so, that, so that's my point. So my point is I think because the average person's diet is so heavy in yeah. those types of things, yeah. that because most people eat so many processed foods, and yeah. processed foods tend to be very high in gluten, soy, corn. Yeah. Okay, but that's because of what they're eating. That's not just because of the nature of the type of food. It, well, it could. there's an argument that could be made for that. So when you, when you I think you can develop a food intolerance from anything. Obviously, yeah, if you, you have can. gut inflammation, anything you eat can be turned, your body can recognize it as a foreign invader. Yeah. That being said, when you look at food, for example, if you were to kill a fish and eat it raw and you're just an average person, you're... Because we do. We yeah, do that. exactly. Well, let's say you're a caveman. The, the odds that you can digest that are, are much higher yeah. than if you were to like grab some wheat and try and chew on that or yeah. grab some corn without cooking it yeah. or whatever. So that's the argument Dr. Sean Baker makes. Mm -hmm. And my belief is the reason why I think a lot of people, the people who do do well with carnivore isn't because it's the meat. It's because they've cut everything out that they have intolerances to so now they feel great. But that doesn't mean it's an ideal diet. See, my problem when you say that is I don't think that it's because they have intolerances to it. I think it comes down to digestibility, which isn't necessarily the same thing as an intolerance. Uh, oh, so how so? Like, what do you mean Just by that? Just because if something's more difficult to digest doesn't mean you're intolerant to it. So you I mean, I could sit here and eat five heads of broccoli. That'd probably be tough to digest, but I'm not intolerant to it. No, but it, what it could do is promote an intolerance. So it, when something's tough to digest, what happens to the gut? 
mean, inflammation, yeah. inflammation. So it's a, it's a, a, the context matters too, right? So if you eat a lot of things that are tough to digest, the odds that you'll develop the context to create an intolerance yes. are very high. Exactly. Okay. But and that's different than saying this is tough to digest, therefore you're intolerant. No, like no. It's, it's, yeah, leading, no, no, it's no. leading up to it. No, I'm glad you said that. No, I want to be clear. That's not yeah. what I mean. It's that I think the people who eat a carnivore diet and say, oh, this feels great for me mm-hmm. is because they've developed so many intolerances to the things that they've cut out, which is everything else. And now all they're eating is steak. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's literally what it is. Mm-hmm. So we're going to be interviewing. Isn't that what happens with most people when they get on any sort of diet? I mean, you get on, you get on to, you try out paleo and then all of a sudden, oh my God, I feel so amazing. And it's like, it's not that it, you're eating paleo that makes you feel amazing. It's that you've cut something out of your diet. Yeah. And, it, and that's why so many people have these great experiences when they try right. these different diets. It's just, it's not the diet that did it. It's that you finally eliminated something in your right. body. That's so that's, or so, even just changing. Right. Sure. Like right. Switching oh, it up. Absolutely. Right. right? So, your body's become so adapted and yeah. used to those same foods all the time. It's, yeah. No, right, so so that's my point. So I think a lot of these people have good experience because they've eliminated all these foods that they have intolerances to. Because mm-hmm. um, believe me, there's people who don't do well on a carnivore diet because mm-hmm. I've read their stories too. And it usually ranges from I can't go to the bathroom at all to mm-hmm. I have really bad you know diarrhea or bad mm-hmm. digestive issues. So we are going to interview Dr. Sean Baker, who he's not a new- can't wait. Yeah, when. Um, I don't remember when March, we scheduled. Think, Is it yeah, March? I think March. So I'm going to ask him all these questions. Talk about. He's a doctor. He is not a doctor in nutrition. He's a. I believe is an osteo osteopath, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, we're going to talk to him. And so what I wanted to do is after this fast is I wanted to test it out. Now I do have personally a lot of food intolerances to plants or certain types of plants, and meat tends to be something that I feel very good on. So I said, you know, I'm going to try this out. Mm-hmm. So I come out of the fast, and I went just carnivore, so just meat. But the problem was I pushed it too hard. I was eating too much at once. I also consumed, I made a bone broth that was like a lot of fat. So like when I, it would congeal completely when I put it in the fridge. So I was drinking that throughout the day and it just wasn't good. Not at all. It was a two days later and I had a very bad, like woke up in the middle of the night, digestive issues. And mm-hmm. uh, so I since then have thrown back in my green vegetables, which for me typically, not always, what tends to work really well is... High fat, moderate protein, um, and high amounts of well cooked uh, vegetables seems to work best for me. But the starches sometimes are good, sometimes aren't. So carnivore diet lasted two days. Two days. Yeah. Would you ever do it, Adam? Oh, I, I already do it. Oh, we, yeah. You do it? Oh, yeah. I don't do it intentional like that where oh, I'm okay. scheduling it. Yeah. I, and we talked, I think we talked like about it. this on a show not that long ago where, you know, I, I, each one of us believe in rotating through all that where we'll have an all all vegan day, all protein day, all completely not have any sort of meat product one day, cut out dairy. I think I think that's what I think everybody should at one point do and rotate and pay attention to the signals that their body tries to teach you when you when you pull these out. So you know, the way I'll look at it is I'll look at my my week and if the day starts off and I'm like, oh shit, I've been all on meat. I haven't had this. I'm like, oh, you know what? I'll have my last two meals. I'll finish off looking the same way and then pay attention to how I feel the next day. So I haven't done it scheduled like that. We have all been starting to start off a month and fast at the very beginning of it for 48, 48 to yeah. 72. And right about 48 for me, I can feel like I can totally feel my body's completely like cleaned out. And when I go to consume anything it's ultra sensitive Mm -hmm. but i'm also going through this whole thing with my achilles right now so i'm only walking like maybe a thousand steps a day i'm only eating once or twice right now so my diet's completely different uh than what it was just literally shit six Mm -hmm. six eight weeks ago yeah that makes sense Mm -hmm. i've been doing some vegan days recently 
Oh, cool. Interesting. That's different for you. Yeah, it is. How do you feel? Um, I, it really helps with my digestion, but I'm so hungry. Mm. So I have to eat way more, which like, it's like interesting. I don't like doing full days. I don't think mm. like, so since doing that whole experiment, Kara and I were do my other co-host, mm-hmm. um, we're like doing it like together for a few weeks. We're like, we're going to do two vegan days a week and just see what happens. And then since then I've been just doing random meals um but i think it was just a good learning experience now you're still avoiding grains and stuff yeah so it's vegan so day I but it's eat paleo and it's also oh, wow. harder because i don't eat starches so right what is now. it it's just nuts like fibrous green type veggies and a shit ton of fat and, and so just a bunch fat. of coconut oil and stuff like that wow yeah you probably hit ketosis pretty strong on those days i would assume because uh, protein so low and carbs yeah. so low yeah i mean i don't really I've been, what are you looking at? Are you like, like, what do you care the most about when you're changing your food up? Are you looking mostly towards just how you feel overall energy levels? Or you, do you care about performance? Do you care no, about? I care about digestion and energy. Yeah. Those, that's the two that you're yeah, really Yeah, that's what I'm see, really that's, focused See, I noticed on. such a huge change in my energy from doing the fast. Yeah. Like, and it's not while I'm on the fast. While I'm on the fast, I feel okay. I get a little bit uh, hypoten- uh, hypotensive, which is normal. This is where... When you're fasting, you you're you do you do get some blood vessel dilation, so you can if you get up from a low spot, you might get a little dizzy, but it's totally normal. But it's when I refeed myself, so it's mm-hmm. two days. It's usually two days after, so I'll eat one day kind of light, and then the next day I'll eat normal, mm-hmm. and I just feel like I'm on fire. Like yeah. well, I'll get on the podcast and I'm sharp and I'm fast and I, I my my verbal fluency is really good. My my memory feels really good. Um, I just feel very good mood. Yeah. It's, it's pretty crazy. And, uh, you know, since started doing this, I said, God, I, you know, I know how important gut health is to how you feel mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. And I know the role that inflammation plays in things like anxiety and depression. So I started doing a little bit more research. And there's actually some studies showing that fasting may actually be an effective treatment for people with anxiety or depression absolutely yeah no i've been like looking into that a lot that's something i've always been really interested in it's just like kind of why like i studied psychology in college and that was like my favorite class was health psych and like that connection between food and mood i've been like really recently digging a lot into that i just think it's fascinating yeah it's so interesting and like for me i've truly like my i know from experience that my the my diet which i i mean my diet as a function of my digestion and my gut health has a huge impact on my depression and anxiety that I struggled with my whole life. And I noticed, I mean, just last week I ate things that I don't usually eat and I hit, I was like suicidal wow. like, the next day. Like it hits me hard and like wow. I can feel my anxiety. And then when I get back into how I usually eat and I can like, like feel it's weird, the, right? This, yeah. It just flips and it's crazy to me. So, so did you watch, uh, I know I mentioned, uh, Jordan Peterson to you and yeah. I know you're a psychology major. Yeah, so I that, watched the video. You oh, okay. So yeah. there was an interview he did with his daughter, Michaela Peterson, who uh-huh. we're going to have her on our show. Yeah. And Michaela, did you, did you read into her? No. His daughter? Okay. So, but you heard on that video, he talked about her a little bit. Yeah. So he's this clinical psychologist. He's all big all over the news right now. Real controversial, very smart guy. But his daughter had terrible rheumatism since she was a young, young child, mm-hmm. where she actually had to have a hip replaced and I forgot another joint replaced. They had her on powerful steroids. Then she was severely depressed, so she was on powerful anti, you know, depressive depression medications and antipsychotics since, since the age of twelve. 
just had a very really really rough life and this young lady started and this is according to her study started looking into diet and did a severe elimination diet and basically went hardcore keto maybe even more restrictive than that and started getting side effects from the over so whenever you take an SSRI if you go to to a specialist and they prescribe to you a uh, antidepressant like uh, Prozac or whatever um they know you're taking too much when you start to get certain side effects like tingling in your hands and there's a couple of other things that you'll get that are classic side effects of too much circulating serotonin she all of a sudden started getting that she's mm-hmm. like this is weird on her normal medication she cut her med- medication in half felt much better started getting it again went down to a quarter went off completely and she's like i was walking down the street and i found myself smiling she's like it was the weirdest thing because i'd never experienced that before and so she has totally treated her depression through her diet Mm -hmm. to the point where her dad who's jordan peterson who's like this world-renowned clinical psychologist who's obviously the one prescribing the meds and helping her had to like take note he himself was had was on antidepressants it runs in their family very bad but so do auto, autoimmune diseases so yes. really bad autoimmune diseases really bad depression it runs in their family he went on the diet and him he, he now has cut his medication down and feels so much better so we're gonna have her on the show and we're gonna talk about that because i think the connection between food and mood is yeah. crazy fascinating well, christina what do you see with your clients you train or you coach a lot of people what yeah. are common things that you see with all the people you're coaching in terms of food and mood or? just intolerances and stuff and with the stuff that they give you feedback when you change their diet up and yeah i'm assuming you get a lot of people with food intolerance yeah, what are common what are common things you see in your clients i mean cutting the gluten and the dairy and the sugar is just the biggest thing for everybody is it miraculous for everybody yeah, basically wow pretty much yeah, yeah. and then also I mean, my the population of people I work with is generally people, in generally, eighteen to thirty mm-hmm. women, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Most of them are under eating, overtraining. Um, it, for them, getting them to eat enough food and increasing fats, huge game changer. Mm. And the protein, like my, I have one friend who, basically, you know, she wrote her whole college thesis on the connection between protein and depression. And she'll send me, like, articles she writes, like, because she still dives into that a lot. Mm -hmm. And I think just, like, reading the research on how, like, going too low in protein for too long has this huge impact on depression and anxiety. And, I mean, I notice it with my clients, and they don't don't catch those nuances, Mm -hmm. you know? And I'm just saying, okay, this is, like, template of, like, how to eat. But then they start noticing. And with digestion, especially with fats, like, getting people to eat enough Mm -hmm. of those macronutrients is so important with everything. And energy, That's something I talk about on the show all the time. Those are almost exactly in line with the things I always see. I always see people, I make everybody track for a week, right? And then when I start to look at their diet, I always notice too much sugar. That's always the Mm -hmm. first thing. Not enough fiber. Sometimes I have people that are under eating. I tend to either have under eaters on protein or over consumers. Oh, because you get the bodybuilder. Right, yeah. So if I get a bodybuilder or something like that, it's normally over consuming. If it's a normal person, under consuming. Um, what else do I see a lot of? A lot of the same things that you have, I think that a lot of people, uh, struggle with you know with mm-hmm. the sugar and in, in their diet and i think as soon as you cut that eliminate that increase healthy fats it's like it changes almost everybody instantly too Absolutely. it doesn't even take that long it takes like yeah. two three weeks of somebody actually sticking to it yeah if you can get someone to follow it that's just it they have to be but most people that are coming to you that have got issues i mean they're they're ready to try something and you show yeah. them that and it's a game changer yeah and sometimes even just a probiotic 
like when you're mm-hmm. just going straight for the gut yeah, health, yeah. that has a huge impact mm-hmm. on your brain chemistry, right? Sometimes for people that it changes everything. Like if if I'm looking at somebody who has a pretty clean diet who looks like they're doing everything right, but they mm-hmm. are not introducing those extra strains, like that's have you cool. had anybody overdo it with that though? Like were they too they, many probiotics? Yeah. Not personally. I mean, I know people who have, yeah. but I don't. I experienced people- it personally when I, I got on like a kombucha kick, and I was. Oh I was, well, I was, kombucha. Kombucha is totally different. Are you having too much kombucha? I mean, that's oh, sugar. I, oh, yeah, that happened. That happened to me. Where yeah. I was, I was. I had experienced that where I was like, oh, I had this great feeling after I took it in. And I was like, okay, then it became this regular thing I started having. And then I was like, dude, I don't feel good. And then I didn't feel good if I didn't have it. I totally felt that well, shit. Was it because you were focusing on kombucha? Like, kombucha is a totally different beast when it comes to probiotics. Mm. Oh, explain. I mean, I look at kombucha as a healthy alcohol alternative. Mm. I mean, if somebody struggles with candida, for instance, I mean, kombucha will feed that directly. Because of the sugar. It, it's made from sugar, mm-hmm. you know, and, and there is an alcohol content in it. It's just a totally different thing. Like, I, I would eat or drink, I guess. I would drink kombucha with the same frequency I would have cake, I guess, mm-hmm. or alcohol, personally. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's how I look yeah, at when it. You, when that's you, what I tell people. When you recommend a probiotic, it's typically a capsule oh, of yeah. a probiotic. Or, how, how, probiotic foods, like... I mean, sauerkraut, sure. you know, fermented. Well, I have all these weird bougie things in LA, like fermented everything. I had fermented cauliflower the other day, right? Oh, wow. Yeah, so, you know, pickled things, kimchi. Um, you know, back in the day, everything, a lot of things were fermented. Yeah, bread bread exactly. was fermented. They you know? knew what they were doing. Absolutely. Back in the day, we fucked it up. Yeah, very interesting. No, uh, what dose do you typically recommend to people? Like 50 billion? Or what do you aim for? It depends on the person. And you're doing the typical. But I, I would prefer somebody start off with, like, a whole food source, sure. Like sauerkraut, and you and you do the you aim for what the lactobacillus and the bifido. Those are really the only ones I that think they're. It's really important to switch upstream. So I tell people to get two to three different bottles that they that works for them because everybody responds differently, and you rotate. So say so you finish one bottle, you go move to, the on to the next one, and then you keep rotating through. So you're mm-hmm. keeping everything in balance because if you stick to one. People get into trouble when they find a brand that works for them and they just keep doing it. Well, now you're going to have an overgrowth of those, even even if they're good strains. An overgrowth of good strains is still bad. Hmm. You don't want an overgrowth right. of anything. It's interesting, too. I talked to Dr. Ruscio about this, and he said that studies will even show that giving someone dead beneficial bacteria will have positive yeah, effects. Yeah, it's interesting. And, yeah, and also prebiotics. Like, people forget about prebiotics, which feed your probiotics. Yeah. So if you're taking all the probiotics in the world and you're not having any prebiotics... Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. that's, that's not going to do much yeah. for you. You know, you need to be feeding that as well to keep it up. Mm-hmm. How, how do you track this with your clients? How do you stay to where you know that's what they're doing? I mean, is it all like you trust them? Like, oh, I have Yeah, the- I mean, at this point until I can I think that's like test it. myself, unless they're working with somebody who runs tests or if they're running the test themselves through mm-hmm. like direct labs. Now, are most of them pretty diligent where they're actually tracking themselves or are they just kind of like... Yeah, most people do like... Most people who are coming to me are very ready to make changes mm. unless it's a different situation. Because yeah, I also time. work with a lot of girls who have eating disorders. So that's like a different ballpark versus mm-hmm. somebody who's just coming to me like to feel better mm-hmm. or like fix her digestion. It's totally different. It's funny too because, you know, I'm sure your audience is pretty privy. But, you know, if you talk about this to the average person and you bring up how your your gut health or probiotics can affect how you feel in your moods, You'll get eye rolls or people be like, oh, how's that work? But, you know, we were talking about earlier uh, <clears throat> antidepressant drugs. Uh, antidepressant drugs are, the category of them is, are called SSRIs, which are selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. And what they do is they increase the amount of circulating 
serotonin in the brain, and serotonin is, is this feel-good chemical. Mm -hmm. The vast majority of serotonin produced in your body is produced by your gut. It's produced Absolutely. by the, 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 the bacteria in your gut. So you could either take a drug that is trying to prevent the reuptake of serotonin, or at least keep it circulating higher in the brain, which that's a small amount you could play with, and, and those drugs have their own potential side effects. Or you could try fixing your gut to, so that it produces more of the serotonin that you're supposed to be getting, which is why I think, and I'm speculating, of course, somebody like Michaela Peterson all of a sudden started having side effects from too much Oh. serotonin because now her gut's producing the amount it's supposed to mm -hmm. she still has the ssri now she's getting side effects of too much but they even have studies they have fascinating studies do they you can look up <laughs> yes always right you can look this up where they took sometimes i wonder if you just say that to like validate what you're gonna no say. you can actually google it if you want to <laughs> you actually yeah, yeah, no. there's a study i used to call him on it a lot but then <laughs> he learned his lesson he lost a lot <laughs> yeah but he's he, got a photographic memory. You know that. Yeah, so. I believe it. Yeah. So there, there's actually a study that's very interesting where they took uh, women and they used an fMRI machine. So fMRI machines are, are functioning uh, magnetic resonance imaging. So basically, we all know what an MRI is, right? You, you image the brain. You can look at it. An fMRI shows what's happening in real time. So they can image the brain and you can see the image of the brain as they're looking in there. And what they'll do is they can map blood flow through the brain. And so it's very rudimentary. It's not, we can't really tell what you're thinking, what's happening, but we can see patterns like, okay, more blood flow to this part of the brain, more blood flow to this part of the brain when you're thinking about these things. And they can start to see and map out like happy, sad, whatever, ba basic emotions. So they had women go on this fMRI. They had them think of certain things. Then they gave them a probiotic. Actually, no, they gave them yogurt with probiotics in it. Then they put them in the fMRI and it changed the patterning of the brain within like 30 minutes mm -hmm. from taking this, this from eating this yogurt. I mean, fascinating. Yeah, no. Totally influences that. It's actually, actually, this is perfect because there's something I want to talk to you guys about, which is kind of unrelated, but related to this. So mm -hmm. this worked out perfectly. I, this is very contra, okay. Ooh, we like controversy. I want to talk about the shooting in Florida. Oh my God. Um, You're going there. And yeah, I'm, I'm going there because I just, the mental health issues are so bad, mm -hmm. and I believe that so much of this is rooted in our food system. Mm. Truly. I think, I, think, I think a lot of it is... I think I it think, has a big factor into mm -hmm. it. I think a lot of it is how we are we raised. that's an angle no one's talking about. Yeah. Yeah, you know, you're right. I definitely believe... Yeah, but that's a hard one, right? That's a really I think tough it's one. complex. I it is, I, I, I think, think it's a very so complex... different factors, and I think we should pay attention to all of them. We yeah, should. yeah. Well, no, I mean, what we see on TV right, right away is what we should not be paying attention yeah. to because that's all that's all politically driven, right? Yeah. So, well, at the bottom... I mean, but I think the way that, that kid, the kids raised and food absolutely and whatever potential drugs that they could have been on, I think all that's... It's they very, all have very complex. A, all these, these, these kids do have something in common. They're all... On, they've all been on powerful uh, antipsychotic or psychotropic medications, so which includes uh, you know the antidepressants that we're talking about today. Now, does that mean that the antidepressants are causing these problems? No. Does it mean that they had some kind of mental illness that was diagnosed beforehand? Yes. Could the antidepressants or could the antipsychotics contribute to some of these things? Well. Maybe. There are known side effects of using these medications, and one of which is increased suicidal thoughts. And those increase, increases in suicidal thoughts usually come from when you, when you read people's side effects who are on these drugs, especially younger kids, for whatever reason, it affects them uh, much more potently. 
what people will say is, well, I'm no longer depressed, but I'm also I'm also numb now. I feel nothing. I'm. I had that experience. You did. So yeah. where you feel now a sense of and now psychologically speaking, and we have to go here because I know people like to talk about guns and it's the guns and this and that. That's not true. It can't be because although there, a gun was used. Guns have been a part of American culture since day one. We've had guns everywhere. There's more guns in circulation than people. Okay, so, so that's number one. So, and 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 the other thing is, people like to use other countries as an example. And I always reply to them and say, okay, so what you're saying to me is, there's just as many people that want to kill a bunch of kids in a school in Germany, but the reason why they don't do it is they don't have access to a gun. I don't buy that either because if someone wants to do that. We know this. There's been mass killings with trucks. There's it's, been knives. There's been. It's like symptom management. Yes. Yeah. It's trying to manage a <laughs> yeah, symptom. Instead of getting, and it's terrible. Yeah. It's a terrible way to try to do it because it's, it's really it's, more about dividing and conquering. It's, yes, that's what I think. So when you look at the when we try to go down the route, like why are these kids even doing this? And more often than not, by the way, at the end of their shooting spree, they kill themselves. Mm-hmm. There's this sense of hatred for life in general everything and it's probably coming from or maybe coming from and this is not coming from me i'm not a psychologist but i'm talking about from what i've read from psychologists this extreme sense of this nihilistic uh you know uh life this life of no meaning it's completely meaningless where there is no they probably don't feel anything they hate everything and so what they want to do is they want to kill all life because what's the use it's it's meaningless including myself Mm -hmm. and i'm going to do it in the in the loudest most you know, uh, uh, out there way as possible, get the most attention as possible because I want to make a statement and I don't feel anything. And when you look at pictures of these kids, have you ever see their mug shots? They look, they don't look angry, sad, they look crazy. Like they have this weird, like blank look on their face. They're obviously very, very, very ill. And we can't ignore the fact that anxiety is now and depression are exploding in Western societies, in particular in this country. We have a culture of, losing you know things have lost their meaning quite a bit where kids think well i guess you know what is the what is the use of things i mean i have my technology i have my internet i don't really have any strong moral beliefs or whatever and you combine that with a troubled youth you know maybe some mental illness now you throw on top of it some of these medications and i don't think the tools matter i think it's just this is what's you know they 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 find a way to to express this crazy behavior and it's way more complex than we than we think, and so people come out, and politicians like to come out with their solution, which we don't even know what the problem is. You can't have a solution to something that you don't know what the real problem is. Like, why is a kid not just killing themselves, but wanting to take out as many people as possible? Like, what the hell is going on? That is not that. Not only is that not normal, it's so abnormal that uh, we need to figure out what the real problem is. I guarantee you, it's way more complex than he had a gun, so he decided to do it. Well, you know, people are just deal. ignoring the fact of how common it is that. <clears throat> like everybody in high school and middle school is depressed at this point right and has really bad anxiety like like that culture nowadays is crazy and like i don't know what it was like for you guys in middle school and high school no it's accelerating it's accelerating it's intense and then with technology now all the studies showing the clear correlations you know between depression and you know increased Mm -hmm. social media usage you know all of these things like I think I feel like everybody's just shoving aside the fact that like mental illness is very widespread now. Mm-hmm. Like and it really pissed me off. And it's connected directly, definitely, and there's more to this than this. So I'm going to make a statement and it's I'm not trying to be overgeneralizing or sweeping, but it's definitely connected to our poor physical health. Yeah. Physical and mental health 
are not just strongly connected, they're the same. So, so when your maps, yeah, um. right, exactly. <laughs> so when your physical health is when your physical health is off, you can count on. Think about it this way. I like to explain it like this to people who have a tough time making this connection. Right? If you have a bad heart, it's just very basic. Do you think you're probably going to have other organs that may not be functioning optimally? Do you think you're going to feel a particular? Okay, all those things, right? The brain is an organ, okay? Mm-hmm. So if you're unhealthy physically, your brain is not going to be physically healthy. Mm-hmm. What, what, where do you derive your consciousness from? Where do you derive your feelings from? Although it's much more complex than just this physical brain, it definitely is coming from or at least transmitted from this physical organ called the brain. So if you are physically unhealthy, your brain is unhealthy which means the likelihood that your mental state will be unhealthy is quite high. This is why we see people like when they have some like a loved one they lose, right? And they just kind of die off, dude. You see that with like someone who's like 70 years old, they've been vibrant. I mean, I watched it with my my mother-in-law. Like she's she just lost the fact it's crazy we're talking today to 2 years ago today, she lost her husband and in the last year I've watched her just like accelerate like 10 years like Our 10 age. years 10 years yeah. to her life and i i really feel like it's it was not really a, as much of a physical thing as it was a mental although it was both right but i really think it stemmed mentally first and i think there's a lot of examples of that oh I, oh there's i mean look uh you know a lot of us not everybody uh, hopefully but a lot of us have experienced our own personal hell at some point you know where you're in a mental space where um you know it's it's you just want to escape, you know? This is where drug addiction comes from. This is where people do some crazy things. Like, you just want to escape because you feel so terrible, whether it's gripping anxiety. And for people who've never experienced that before, you know, imagine all of a sudden a bear comes around the corner and wants to attack you. That feeling, people with gripping anxiety just feel that. Like, imagine if you just felt that feeling, but there wasn't a bear in front of you, right? How devastating would that be to your quality of life? Or depression, where you logically can logically sit there and think to yourself i have no reason to feel this bad you know i'm otherwise healthy i think you know i've got a job i've got a family like i have food and shelter like but i feel like just terrible despair like that's a personal hell or the worst one which is what i think a lot of these kids go through is an extreme feeling of nothing when people feel numb or feel nothing you start to see them reach out to try to feel something. You know, I had a friend who, you know, a good friend of mine whose wife was had some serious depression uh, issues. And so she was on all these medications and she would complain about, like, I just don't feel anything. Like, I can't cry at sad movies, really happy events. I don't feel the excitement. Mm-hmm. Like, I know I'm supposed to, but I just don't feel anything. So I'm walking around. She said, I feel like a zombie. And this was a very good woman. I knew her for a long time incredible morals, whatever. And so she ended up, they got divorced. She ended up having affairs. And the reasoning for her affairs is because she just, she didn't feel anything. She needed to feel something. She couldn't feel anything. So that is a personal hell that I don't think a lot of us can imagine being in. Or if you have, imagine being in that all the time. And I feel like I could see how that combined with terrible circumstances, terrible childhood, a right, I think it's a, I think it's a, when we see these extreme expressions of it, I think it's a combination of all that. Yeah. Because right? people aren't doing this every single day, but it, it is happening and it's happening more than it has before. But I think it's just the perfect storm with everything we're talking about. Yeah. I don't think you can isolate it to, 
one thing that no. is no. is making very complex. that crazy yeah. to do that. I think yeah. there's so many more pieces to it, and I most certainly don't think blaming it on like a, the gun. I think is is the answer at all. No. I just know that I'm very uncomfortable with the fact that I live in a world where I mean, growing up, I mean, every stage of schooling I went through, I went through like a lockdown because of a gun scare, a bomb threat. Yeah. And why is like that shouldn't be a thing? And I feel like yeah. kids growing up, I mean. Do you get nervous sending your kids to school? Yeah, no, I'll tell you why. Because I know what the statistics are. So statistically, yeah, huh? I went to private school. Uh, and I you got, still had that? Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, they wow. do in my school. They do lockdown in my kids' school. So I, I, I know had, that. When I was in third grade, a kid came to school with a gun. Next week, some kid came and was like with a knife. Like, it was so crazy. Yeah. So, oh wow. That, when I was in middle school, we got on lockdown because there was a shooter. Like, so these mass shootings typically happen from kids who are who aren't necessarily you know poor or whatever it's usually kids that although this last kid i guess was an orphan or whatever but um but no it here's the deal i know what the statistics are statistically speaking uh mass shootings are not happening more frequently okay that's the statistics now are they getting more deadly in the sense of the body count that seems to be happening but there's there could be a lot of reasons for that one of which is we know this for a fact. The more that these things happen, the more that they happen. Right, because so, someone's trying to mimic it. Well, you see it. You yeah. see it on TV and then, you know. But So we know that. But they're not happening more frequently. Uh, the odds that you're going to get shot in a school shooting as a kid are far lower than the odds that you'll drown in a pool or slip and fall and hurt yourself, like that kind of stuff. So the odds are so small, but it brings up this. doesn't mean it's not scary. Sure. I mean, sure. when I was in high school, I remember I was just crying around and going, I don't want to go to school. I feel like yeah. I'm going to die. Well, yeah, but that's because you're a kid and at that age, you don't realize how unlikely it is. Yeah. yeah it's I like know. not going to swimming because you feel like you're television yeah. and social media and stuff like that. It gives you a different perception yeah. of it. Just, well, well, my, I'll tell you what happened to my kids. So my daughter came home. So now they do these drills. They have to do them regularly at the school, yeah. right? Where... The teachers turn off the lights, lock the door, and then the kids, uh, I forgot what they do. They all put their, their, their desks up the door. I don't remember what it was, but yeah. That's what you do. yeah so my daughter her. comes home and she's acting kind of funny. And so I'm like, oh, what's going on? And she won't tell me because she's young. She's eight. You know, she doesn't know how she feels. And she couldn't sleep that night. And then the next day, you know, I pick her up from school again. And then she tells me, like, you know, do you think that you know, a man is going to come to my school and, and try and hurt everybody. And I'm like, no, I don't think that at all. Why do you say that? And she's like, oh, well, you know, yesterday we did a drill where they turn off the lights and we have to like practice and this and that. And I'm like, oh, so, that's it, why they're making them. It's like, so crazy that they choose to do that right after something like that. First of all, it's so unlikely that it would happen. And then now like, and the kids aren't stupid. They have yeah. phones. They can look at TV and so that that's going on. And then you go have a drill. Like you know that. what it reminds that's me of? so stupid. You know what we did when we were kids? So you didn't have to do this, but we did. So we grew up towards the, the tail. Bomb, yeah, yeah the we, we grew up to the towards the tail end of the Cold War. So Cold War ended... You know, the, the, the wall fell or whatever. Was it 1989, 90 or whatever? That's when the Soviet Union fell. But before that... <laughs> I can't believe you guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, we grew up at the end of the Cold War. It, it as I read about this in my history yeah. book. <laughs> well, and, 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 and it, ended, it ended in 1989, 1990, right? right. So, but we were kids but, at that age. When you talk about you being listen, really... Yeah. We were getting under desk let me tell we you were something. afraid that we were... Let yeah. me tell you something, okay? You want to talk about scary. The Soviet Union and the U.S. had nukes literally pointed at each other ready to go off. At one point, we hit yeah. DEFCOM, I think, three, which is like, next one is like nuclear war. 
literally almost went into thermonuclear war, would have annihilated all life on Earth. Okay, so this is a real big deal. Yeah. And what we they would do is the drills they would do in school is we would do these drills where we would have to get under the desk and cover our necks and yeah. sit there p- pretending that like just in case a nuke hit, which. If anybody knows how these, yeah, yeah, that would protect nobody. (laughs) All I did was scare the shit out of all of us. Yeah, and then we just got scared. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I I don't know if it's a good idea. No, I just feel like in terms of when I think about like how afraid I was at school, that was different to me. You know, it felt different to think, okay, somebody could drop a bomb. It's not targeted towards me specifically. It's something bigger going on versus maybe if I'm a bitch to this kid sitting next to me, he's going to show up tomorrow with a gun and shoot me down because i wasn't nice to him Mm. you know it's very different when it feels maybe that that made you a better person (laughs) (laughs) i mean it it literally did i remember thinking this like Like, i better be nice people who people would pick on you know and that made me want to like be nice to people because i honestly was like i feel like that's a type of kid who would shoot up the school wow you could almost argue the other way then but you know i mean bullying has come to an end (laughs) it's i don't know terrible it's scary well, I just wanted to talk about it. So, it. <laughs> all right. I also want to talk about Maps Hit. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Woohoo! Yeah. So, not, not for a lot of your customers that are going through uh, <laughs> any sort of eating stuff, right? You're not well, going to be pushing you, like that. You realize that this is, <laughs> this is why I want to talk about it because you put this out. This is now what everybody in my space is going to go buy and do it exactly in the way you said not to do it because yeah. no one's going to go watch your video because they're too... We put, you see there's a big warning on it. Have you seen it yet? <laughs> I, I didn't see the warning. I know there is a warning. Oh, yeah. Can you explain the warning to yeah, people? You, yeah, you open it up and there's it's the only program, right? We yeah. don't have a single program where we have warning. a warning. You yeah. need to have some experience. It's an intense workout and it's not meant to be cycled indefinitely so it's a six-week program so here's the deal like, i'm glad you said that because i was gonna say you know what people are gonna do no no so here's so this, so, do it so here's here's i'll explain that's why what it's a warning in this yeah. one i'll explain what it's for and why we say that so that yeah. people understand so when we first started our show um for a year we didn't monetize anything and the number one thing that people would ask us actually still uh, up until recently is can, what's the the best program to burn body fat? Like burn, I just the, want to burn, yeah, burn the most amount of calories. Yeah, burn, burn the most, most amount of fat in the shortest period of time. Everybody wants to do that. Now, we never addressed it specifically because we're responsible trainers with integrity and we know that the goal, the key is to build up your metabolism, build strength. That's the, long, that's the way for long-term success. You'll get a better physique, better body, better health if you do that. And so all the programs that we came out with were around that. Now, they were different. Like one was more for strength, one was more for bodybuilding, one was more for athletes, but they were all very conscientious in that. And very foundational. Like what you're seeing us transition to now in hits the beginning of this is we're kind of going to the extreme of each program. That's right. So you'll see strong and you'll see these other programs come out later. That's kind of an extreme expression of each one. Right. So, but we still get people, I want program that's going to burn the most amount of fat in the shortest period of time. But by this point now, we have all these other tools that we could direct people to if we think a program like that would be uh, inappropriate for that particular individual. So now we have all these other programs. So we're like, okay, let's create a short six-week program that is going to burn more body fat than any anything we've ever developed. Like, let's 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 develop a calorie fat burning program that's going to be very effective for a six-week period of time. And we know that. But it's not like your other programs like wouldn't help someone burn. Of course, fat. no, no, of course <laughs> like, not. There, there's I a pr- be clear. Right, 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 and it, and that's why we recommend our normal program first, yeah. and then you progress to it. So a hit think program. of it this way: like our other programs are what you do most of the time. Mm-hmm. Hit is a six-week program that probably the best way to use it would be like it's six weeks till summer, six weeks till Vegas, six weeks till whatever. 
and I'm going to watch my nutrition. So I'm going to eat according to trying to burn body fat and then I'm going to follow the program. There is another category of people that could benefit from HIT and these are people who want a lot of uh, like fitness conditioning. So athletes and stuff like that could definitely benefit from it. But we know that most people are going to get it because they want to just burn fat. So we designed a six-week program specifically designed to burn the most amount of body fat in the shortest period of time. And we get we put it together with three levels because, again, we're trainers. So we know that if we just make a hard one that the wrong someone might go do it, it'll be too much and their body will rebound or, or, or Which rebel. Which is funny because our forum shares like what they, their whole process through that. And even though with the warning, even though we told them. Oh, they went out and still started at level three. And yeah. then you see him t- messaging. Yeah. I went to level three, kicked my ass. I feel awful. And we're yeah. just like, that's yeah. why. We, but you, so, you know, we know that. I mean, I think we, that's why we waited this long. It this one's way more marketable. I mean, we've are, broke all kinds of records on it as far as sales is already. And we've only released people it for wanted week. that. Right? Yeah, we knew that. Oh, yeah. And right. it, I, we just all felt that it'd be irresponsible. And that, and again, that's what Mind Pump stands for. Is that I mean, that's how everybody else markets. Everybody knows what's hot right now. What's what can we sell? And they go to there everybody. first. And yeah, and they go there yeah. first to make the money. It's like, well, we know how. And when I honestly ask myself, each one of us, how long or how many times did you actually train a client like hit style workout? Mm-hmm. Like the percentage is very very small. Right. And the amount of times I ever, even the ones I did, how often I did, or how long we'd run like that. Very, very short. Right, right. So, it's so six, why so would I uh, give that first, you know? Yeah. So it's six weeks long. It's got three levels. And we also included what are called flow sessions, which are for mobility and injury prevention because the number one number one problem with HIT style training, and HIT, by the way, is H-I-I-T, high-intensity interval training. The, the, the biggest problem with HIT training is injury because it's so intense. Mm-hmm. And the workouts are short, by the way. So these intense workouts are 15, 20, or 25 minutes long. That's it. So you go in kicks your ass, but it's well-programmed, so it's not just a bunch of hard exercises thrown together, which is what other HIIT programs look like, which were a joke. This is actually programmed properly. You, It's real intense, very uh, effective at fat burning, and then the days in between are these flow sessions that are kind of like, they're, they're kind of like flow yoga, but they're not flow yoga. They're flow mobility. So you're doing these mobility movements. Flowability. Flowability, yeah. right. I flowability like sessions. Damn it. Yeah. We should have said that. Yeah. Son of a bitch. Anyway, so got you. you got me. So, and that's pretty much it. Now, the warning says on there, do this program once. Don't repeat it until you do another MAPS program or another workout for at least a couple months before you go you back on You guys act like people are going to read that and obey you. <laughs> hey, at least we told them. Right. Yeah. You know, right. It's that's, up to you. Peace of mind. And we, you know, it is. It is because we know. I mean, we'd be lying to ourselves if we know. You, you know people are going to break the rules. Know. You know you know people are that. But, you know, but I also feel like so, and some people have to take this path. And I learned as a trainer, sometimes you have to let go like that where – you tell them, you teach them, you show them, but sometimes they have to learn on their own that they kind of go fall on their face and they get stuck on a plateau or something like happens. Raising a child, yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of sometimes it can be for sure. But it's been great. People have loved it. They've gotten great response. Oh, yeah, it, we've been people have been enrolling in it left and right. Um, so, so yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, look, if if you're relatively experienced, uh, you know, and you've got a decent uh, foundation of you know strength and you don't now we're, and here's why you don't we don't have people cycle through it i forgot to say this part because people are probably wondering why can't i just keep doing this program over and over again that was gonna be my next question yeah. so thanks boom right in your brain uh here's why if you train in this fashion for too long the body starts to try to adapt to this training by slowing its metabolism down it starts to try to become more efficient with calorie burning so repeat this over and over again you start to get diminishing returns you'll be great at the workout yeah you'll get lots of conditioning but you'll get diminishing returns and then you'll get to a point where 
your body no longer wants to get leaner and wants to hold on to body fat and your you know potential like adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction, whatever you want to call it, can kick in. And then you're in a worse position than you were before. So we recommend you do hit for six weeks and then do a more strength-based approach for at least another you know month or two. And then you can cycle it back in. So going back to when you were talking about how using HIT was just like a small percentage of training you would actually use, wh- why is that? Because for that m- reason? Yep. Yeah, because yep. most people, well, not just that reason, but most people didn't need that yet. Okay. Like if I got the average person that walks in, uh, oh, is, would be is mechanically broken. They have they have so many imbalances that I need to address. Their uh, their nutrition is completely off. Like, uh, and a training program that's that high intensity, it, the the risk versus reward just isn't there. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. And you know, sure, I could do that. Like if I had, because I wouldn't let clients, or at least maybe the younger version of me would let clients come in and dictate, like, oh, I want to lose ten pounds. Do whatever it takes to do that. I, you know, I'd probably tell someone like that, well, we can, but you know, I'm setting you up for long-term failure yeah. to do that. Like, if, you know, all I have to do is restrict your calories and make you move more than what you were Chain before. Chain you to the treadmill. And- right. I mean, that, yeah. that that's easy. You know, you don't even need me for that. You don't need to hire me for that. But if you want long-term success. And so once I would explain that to people, then they get the concept. Because as a trainer, for sure, especially when HIT was popular, HIT just got popular when we were, what, midway through being trainers? Yeah. So maybe 10 years ago. It is so popular. So I'll tell you all of the little programs that all the girls my age are doing yeah. are literally just like all hit. Like yep. it's just like all oh that's what they mark. It's not even a real hit, but yeah. that's what they mark. Oh, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's turned into a joke. Exactly. You know it's, why? It's, because it's a tool. Yeah. It's a tool that every every good trainer should know how to use. Um, I think if people would benefit from all learning how to use it, but you should apply it when, and it, it, you can use it like this too. So Sal didn't touch on this, but I, I recommend using it, this program this way is, uh, I recommend running like one of the maps programs, normal or a program that's designed well like that. And then intermittently when you have days when you don't have an hour, mm-hmm. that's a perfect time. Maybe this is the one day I do this, you know, 25 minute intense workout that I normally never do. I think there's huge benefits to that, mm-hmm. but then you go right back to a regular, regular training regimen and then and mm-hmm. so you can intermittently use workouts like that it's the you know day in day out type of training like that that's really detrimental to people and i would never train a client like that so and you just don't get better results that way it's yeah. not just that it's bad for you it's that you don't get better results that way you get worse yeah and i've seen people say that they're using it in conjunction with other programs but they would like on the same day yeah, no, no. That's what, that, that was one of the first questions that was asked in our forum. And we're like, no, that's not we're how you like, do it. Can I run this with MAPS Anabolic on the other on the opposite days? And we're like, no, the idea is it's a standalone program. Right. And you use it as a standalone program or you use it intermittently, like I'm saying, where, oh, I you don't have an hour to do my normal foundational workouts, so I'm going to hit pull and use the MAPS hit right here. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a great way to do it. But, I mean, yeah, everything that we've done or we've talked about on our show is a reflection of the thousands of people the three of us have collectively trained. Yeah. And we, I, anytime, anytime we do something, and it's challenging, I'll tell you, when you're running a business that needs to be profitable, it's tough to make those decisions. But that's one thing that I, we all love about the relationship we all have is everyone has a lot of integrity. Yeah. It's like, yeah, doing hit would have been a very smart business move to do that three years ago and do it as one of the first because that's what everybody was asking for. Yeah. But we knew damn well that that's not really what's going to help everybody. So, mm-hmm. you know, Winning I don't know. pays off. Yeah, I, I, actually, and it's funny. I mean, ultimately, the business will benefit more yeah. from us being that way. It's just, you know, when you're in business and you're you're working hard and you have support a family, 
you know, you you can easily say, here, let's do this quick thing and right. make a quick buck right. versus, all right, guys, we got to do this the right way. So it's going to take us a couple of years before, you know, we can do what everybody really wants. Yeah, you're, you're going to see like now, like, so all these programs that come going forward will be kind of the extreme expressions, which yeah. is a, what a lot of people gravitate towards and what are all already doing. But what we're trying to teach them is like, that's, you need to be going through all these other steps first before you even train like this. And you most, or even that, even then, you don't want to stay training like this all the time. So all the, I think almost, not all, but most of the programs going forward, a lot of them will have warnings on them because they're not designed to be the first thing you do. Have you ever thought about making it so that people can only buy those extreme versions after, after they've bought so, it. so just before we got into <sighs> before we got mind pump together Justin and i um we have a lot of money invested in an app that's mm -hmm. not finished and the way the app was going to look was we were we are gamifying fitness and so we were all the programs that we had these intentions of building together we were going to place them in as levels. And mm -hmm. so you wouldn't be able to get to until yeah. you c completed the first level, which would be basically the program. Mm -hmm. And it would be a day-to-day -day thing that you would do in your app. So I, I believe that um, we, we know that eventually we'll have a full-blown app. Like the app we have right now is very basic. It just gets you to your the podcast and everything mm -hmm. that we have. So the our app now is not as robust as this one that we're building, which I think we'll eventually do, and then it will be cool like that. I think that's when we really hit the masses, and it's three ninety nine or something to get the app, and then you have yeah. access to everything, but you have to unlock the access by going through all the... Yeah, that the, makes sense. Right. Okay, just in general, who do you not recommend do hit training? Uh, beginners, that's an easy one, yeah. right off the bat. Uh, people with poor mobility. So if you can't do a, a good full squat, if you can't do a press overhead, or a press in general, or a row, um, or twisting without pain, chronic back pain. Yeah, anybody with lots of pain. pain. Yeah, anybody mm -hmm. who it, chronic though. You know, it needs to be someone. If you have bad, you you think you have bad knees. Your knees always hurt. You have bad low back always hurts. Then going right. and doing plyometric right. type of work and explosive type of if, training, high intensity is not ideal. If you've been dieting really hard for a long time and you're you feel like you have like metabolic damage, probably not a good idea. You'd be better off doing something like MAPS anabolic. Or if you're somebody who trains like this all the time, yeah, if you're already true. a high intensity person, if you already know you're an intensity junkie, you love the orange theories you love those types of you know soul cycle classes like you're an you're an adrenaline junkie if that's you it's not the most it definitely not and you've never tried like one of our mass programs it's not the one you should start with because you're already that's the signal you're already sending your body like you should start with something like sal just said which is maps anabolic which is completely different for that person and that person will see so much more results because it's so different from what they're used to yeah so if you live in los angeles don't do it you're <laughs> probably doing soul cycle every day but i know i know a lot of people are, are hearing Burn lots of fat in a short period of time. I'm doing that program. Right. Yeah. I tell you what. Here's here's what I want. If you're questioning what, if you really want to do it because you're super motivated by the fat loss in a short period of time, which everybody is, but you're like, hmm, maybe I shouldn't. I'm not sure. What? Here's what I really recommend. Go ahead and get hit, but also get access to our forum. That way, you can ask questions, and we can at least us and the forum members can at least help monitor you and coach you if you you know, start to show signs that this may not be the program for you. And then we'll help guide you out of that. And you can talk to Christina. She's in there. I'm in there. Oh yeah, that's right. This forum is popping. Is cool. it great? I fucking love it. <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you like tried it's like... It's also interesting reading some of the things I see. I'm like, oh God. It's a reflection of our show, right? <laughs> yeah. <But> extreme yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it's totally that. So have you tried to like ask any questions on there? Like you should throw, I, I love no, the... No, but sometimes I pop, when I see people giving really bad advice, I'll try and pop in 
I, what I think is better advice uh, and then I get everybody coming after me and I'm like, okay, I tried to help you, uh, but it's fine. No, that's what I think is beautiful about the form is that's what will happen. Like at the beginning, obviously we answered everything, every single question yeah. when we had 10 people in there, but it's now got to the point where if a thread is like, if it's got controversial discussion on it, everyone will eventually see it, and mm. then eventually all the right people that need to be commenting on it end oh. up getting getting. It's hilarious. You see the, the polls where they like make fun of us. Yeah, like, the yeah. one the other day where they were like, "I hate how like how you interrupt, interrupt him," Sal. and I was like, "You guys." <laughs> oh, oh, it's so funny. We 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 were we were cracking up. Well, a lot of people don't know us, you know. Yeah, I think it's probably why. Yeah, it doesn't. I mean, it, it, here's the thing. Like, yeah, uh, we appreciate it. We appreciate. I mean, we don't want people to be mean, but. We appreciate it because it keeps our finger on the pulse of our business, and people also, love you guys. And they I, really like. I, I, they, and I like the fact that people feel comfortable enough, yeah. and honest enough to critique us and if whatever they feel mm-hmm. to us. Like, yeah. how often do you get to do that? Like, you know, mm-hmm. and and the other person is, you know, come and we sometimes will shoot back with our own. Yeah. You know, you know, snarky comment and jokingly or whatever. No, but. we encouraged that at the very beginning. I mean, we yeah. we definitely. I mean, and there's that was actively done, right? We knew we knew it was important to humanize ourselves, especially in the industry that we're in. We're in such mm-hmm. a superficial and pretentious industry, so for us to not be humanizing, I think would be. Uh, I think a lot of people struggle their business because they don't they don't humanize enough. We were just yeah. talking to. Uh, Bradley Martin the other day about that. And you got a guy who's got like 2 million followers and stuff, but he has this image that he's built that he, there's so much else going on with him. Like when you meet him in person, it's like, dude, it's so crazy how different they really are. And it's, and then you see the stress and anxiety kind of weighing on him because of that. Mm -hmm. And you're like, dude, you could free yourself of that. If you would just be you just be yourself. And so I think that part of us staying true early on and they're they're not going to make fun of us more than we make fun of ourselves. We've made ourselves pretty invincible with that. So it's like, you're not going to say anything we haven't said 10 times and worse. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You guys, your feelings don't get hurt easily, which is good. Nah, no. no. We're pretty secure yeah. with yeah. ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You're more than secure with yourself. Yeah. I'm super, <laughs> I'm super secure. <laughs> okay, well. Wait a minute. Are you talking to <laughs> Okay, I need to wrap up really quickly. I have to ask a few questions that people wanted me to ask you because otherwise okay. I'll feel bad mm. about myself that I went through this whole thing. Okay. What's the best way for a woman to lose belly fat or the fat on her love handles? <laughs> so spot reduction is the belief that you can target where you want to lose fat from and then do something to specifically lose fat from that area. And that is largely a massive myth. Now, there is some evidence that it happens on a microscopic scale under certain circumstances, but for the most part, it's a total myth. Your body will store and burn body fat from where you're genetically predisposed to do so. So typically, the last place you lose it is the first place you store it. So just keep getting leaner and eventually you'll burn body fat from your midsection and your love handles. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. That was so succinct. <laughs> there's, yeah. Yeah, there's nothing to add really oh to that. Oh my God. Yeah. I'm so proud of yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah. Okay, next one. I think this will be a short one too. What's a good ratio of muscle gain per month? I'm building muscle and wondering what's a good way to track my results. My goal is to gain two kilograms of muscle. Half half a pound to a pound is the most realistically someone's going to gain that's natural is going to gain a week. So you're looking at two to four pounds is on the higher end unless there's exceptions. And you're talking about male or female? Yeah, are we talking male right now? This is a female. Okay, uh, so probably fe- less. Yeah, probably less than that. Probably half quarter to a half a pound per week then. Okay. Say quarter to and a half a pound. And that's with really good exercise yeah. programming. And yeah, right. training right, dieting correctly. Uh, I think that's a, a realistic goal. Now you will see uh, that could be different if you're a, a new client who's just now 
now experiencing newbie lifting weights. Yeah, you will. No, your newbie yeah. gains for sure. Um, that person could potentially see it skyrocket at the very beginning and, and see even more significantly more. Yeah, than usually that. when I train a female client, um, and if they're otherwise healthy and we don't have to focus like entirely on correctional exercise or whatever, I'll experience they'll get usually a three to four pound gain of muscle pretty quickly right off the bat, but then it really starts, then it really slows down and then the rest is, is much slower. I, what, if if I, you get stronger, if you just focus on getting stronger, you'll probably, you'll, you'll definitely build majority muscle. of the, the females that I train, and I would say up 80, 90% of them, when I got a hold of them, they were um, high intensity type uh, training, low calorie, high reps, no rest periods. So when I put them on like a MAPS anabolic type of style of a program, which is heavy lifting, they're just compound lifts, like deadlifts and squats and only three to five reps. It's so foreign to them and you know, their body just responds. So I've, I've put some good muscle on, on females early on in their programming just because of that. Now, if you're somebody who's already trained like that and you're good and you understand programming really well or you've hired a trainer who's done a really good job for you, uh, you would expect less, I think, but it takes a lot longer at yeah, that point. It just depends on the person, right? Okay. So she also asked, how do you modify macros on rest days versus training days? So there's a lot of different strategies. Actually, I'll defer to Adam because this is something that he really enjoys diving into. Well, this is where this is where I'm a, a big fan of wearables. You know, I'm mm -hmm. I, I think that it really depends. You know, you don't you technically don't even really need to modify or adjust it if you keep your knee up as high or higher than the day that you you trained. Not explain neat. Yeah, so you're 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 all the activity that you do besides exercise. So walking around, doing dishes, you know, just moving around, not exercise at all. It's not like doing dishes is the first. Thing. <laughs> hey ladies. But, do dishes. Well, my, my point, I mean, <laughs> you're you're almost you're 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 pretty much almost, you know, sedentary, but you're not. Your your arms are Make moving sandwiches. around, so you're you're burning a little bit of calories, but that's if you are and that's where I typically uh, tell people steps. It's just an easy way to monitor that is is steps. Uh, without getting crazy about it and asking them to track too much and just say, listen, pay attention to where your steps are. And if let's just say on average, we average, you know, 10,000 steps every single day. And the day you don't train, if you're still moving 10,000 steps, then you're pretty solid. But what happens to a lot of people is they don't even move 10,000 steps. And then uh, their training days are double the amount of movement that they do for the entire day. And then the days that they don't is half that, right? Yeah. So it's significantly So then that person, I would have to modify their diet because you're burning probably significantly less calories. And if we don't modify the diet for those days, then you potentially are just going to a little bit of body fat. You just reduce, you probably put back on your body. So I, this is where I track. Like this is where I teach people to track first, learn your patterns. Cause more than likely you you'll see that it's always on mostly always on Saturday or that yeah. day for you, or maybe Tuesday's your day where you get to sleep in like everyone's schedule is different. So yeah. every client's going to be unique. And this is why I say track because there's no generic rule or answer. And then from there, we we modify, and I use either steps or reducing calories on those days. Just depends. But besides just like calories, do you adjust macros? Oh well, we I mean we promote undulating your macros as frequently as possible. So okay. we did a cool little YouTube. Was it about a year ago? I think so. Uh, about undulating calories, and we got into macros too. In mm -hmm. there, didn't we? Yeah, yeah, I so think so. It's a good. We talk about the importance of undulating, undulating calories and macros, and that's a great way to do it. If you're already undulating the calories and you're getting ready to reduce calories that mm -hmm. day, uh, why not that be a day that you reduce also carbohydrates, or why you know why might that be a day that you, you know, drop protein? Like it, it's perfect. So that's what I would teach someone to do. Now that's. You're also asking a question that I think is there's levels to this game too. 
I think that asking someone to start to undulate calories and manipulate macros and pay attention and eat, mm-hmm. like I think you throw all that at, a, at a, someone who's trying to learn right now, it's, it's a lot. It's just like teaching someone anything else. So I typically take one or two things that I want to focus on. I implement that, then I build on it, then I build on it, and I build on it. Otherwise, you really overcomplicate something that doesn't need to be, you know? Okay. Like it. Wow, you guys are nailing it. Okay, last one. Well, we learned what you want, right? You're like, yeah, I don't you want to have this. I don't want to have a mind pump discussion over everything. I'm just get. Let's I get a good answer. I, let's get out of I here. I wish I could. No, you know I love talking to you. Yeah, yeah. But okay, last one. What is your biggest piece of advice or biggest mistake you see made by young adults who are interested in fitness? Mm. God, um, I mean, I could go. I have, I have one. I, have, I think uh, young adults, um, and I, I think this the is the person who asked this. I'm pretty sure she's in college. I think. So I, I think this is more than just a fitness thing. I just think in, in general, uh, if, I, if I go back with it and talk to my younger self, the people that you surround yourself with, your circle, the five people you spend the most amount of time with, normally in your late teens, early 20s, uh, the people that you're hanging out with, you, you probably love them because they've been there with you since you were in junior high and high school potentially, and there was things that connected you and bonded you at those ages. And a lot of times, as you, if you're a growth-minded person, which most smart podcast listeners are, you're, you might outgrow some of your friends. And typically, when you're at that age, you don't understand that, and you hang on to them longer. And uh, Will Smith just did a cool little Instagram where he talked about, you know, finding people that feed your flame. And you got to really, I think, really pay attention to the people that you surround yourself with and do they truly feed your flame. And I think that at that age, that's one of the biggest mistakes I personally have made. And what I, I have younger siblings and people that I mentor and talk to that are around that. And I see them hanging out with two or three like really solid people that maybe are helping elevate them. But then they have two or three people that are negative and yeah. all uh, victims all the time and making fun of each other because it's fun and it's funny to do that, but we're really just putting each other down or competitive because we played sports together and that competitive nature also went over in a life and I want to see you do good, but I don't want you to see you do better than me. Mm-hmm. So this is really common, I think, at that age and those that put this together, the earlier you put that together and the more you start to level up the, the people that you hang around, the faster you'll grow and be more successful, business, personal life, all the way across the board. Yeah. Boom. I think that people don't realize, especially in college, how so many people are just friends because of convenience. Absolutely. Yep. You know, and they yeah. Or they're comfortable, that. right? Yeah, they're comfortable exactly. because yeah. it's they're been there around for a very long time. And I, I don't know anybody that this hasn't happened to. Yeah. Yeah. It's really a matter of when you put it together. And I know people that are in their 50s that still haven't put it together. They have unhealthy relationships with other people. And you can see shit's always going wrong in their life. Yeah. And it all feeds this vicious cycle. And then I know some young 22, 23-year-olds that put this together really early on. And they really elevate who they and you can always see it it's a re, their life is a reflection of their that their friends can either Thanks. yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> you, you too are self-confident yeah. I uh yeah you're maybe a little too self your friends can either hand you an anchor or hand you a, a sail you know what i mean yeah. it's like yeah. they, they will either lift you or you're, they're going to drag you and getting dragged by your friends that's a tough one because you feel you you know you'll play that game with or yourself family. like yeah absolutely anybody identifying uh, that at an oh, early age absolutely. is huge so right. huge and like i said no matter what i think everybody has to at one point figure that out if they're going to continue to grow um and the sooner you put piece that together uh, i think the more oh, successful one of the reasons why I'm, i feel so so lucky to be working with the people that i work with it's like I've, this is the first time i've worked with people that were 
so seriously growth minded, yeah. so intensely growth minded, which by the way, doesn't make it easy. It's mm-hmm. challenging. Growth doesn't come from easy. It doesn't, it doesn't come from comfort, but uh, I appreciate it. And uh, I, you know, I seek that out myself. And so it's just, I mean, the, the, the four of us, you know, me, Adam, D- Justin, who's not here and Doug, uh, the producer, we're vastly different than we were when we first started. I mean, it's uh, and it's all positive. It's all positive growth. It's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, I love that answer. But now, can you answer it the way she asked fitness. in terms of fitness? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Biggest mistake I see with fitness is is there's two, two of them. One, this is a little bit more esoteric, but it's the root motivation or reasoning for your exercise, which is this: you want to treat yourself like somebody that you care about. And so, what I mean by that is when you go to the gym. Are you doing it as a punishment? Are you doing it because you hate yourself? Are you doing it because you feel you look disgusting or because you look fat or whatever? Or are you doing it because you are envisioning that you are a person that you really want to take care of? And both of those will motivate you to exercise. Both of them can make you consistent, but only one of them will direct you for the most part in the right way to make the right decisions in the long term. And only one of those will keep you consistent long term because at some point, you will, you will be sick of hating yourself. At some point, you'll be over it and then you'll stop and then you'll fall into the same trap everybody does where it's sometimes I work out and sometimes I don't because sometimes I, I, I really hate myself and other times I'm sick of hating myself rather than loving yourself and taking care of yourself like somebody you want to take care of, which by the way, doesn't mean like if you had somebody, if you had a child that you really cared about. God, don't you think? Mean, I think comparing is like got to be one of the, at that age. I feel like with all the well, social that, media, I think that part has of it. to be got to be one of the number that's one a things. Big one. Don't do, yeah. do not Which try. Which ties and, in with that though? What's your motivation? Exactly, right, right. exactly. Because Just because I want to be skinnier than and, this girl and, next to me. And like right. I was like I was saying, like if you have a child that you really care about, does that mean you're going to give them what they want all the time? No, because you want them to grow, you want them to be challenged, you want them to. Uh, you know, to learn lessons. You're not going to always give them a cupcake every day because they want to eat it. Sometimes you might. And so treat yourself like that and then watch what happens to the decisions you make with exercise and nutrition. Then they're going to be better. They're, they're going to be more often than not better. And then to Adam's point about comparing yourself, you know, this is something Jordan Peterson talks about who, have, who I just brought up earlier in the episode, which was really amazing way to communicate this. But the one person in your life that you know better than anybody else by far like by far is yourself you know you you know all your little dark secrets you know your thoughts you know the good things the bad you know what motivates you what makes you excited what makes you sad what makes you anxious you know yourself exceptionally well so well way better than anybody else in the world even the person you think you know the best besides yourself your best friend or your brother your sister your mom or your dad you only know a tiny fraction of them so it is absolutely unreasonable and completely ridiculous to try to compare yourself to someone else. How can you possibly do that when you don't know them at all? The only person you can compare yourself to is you because that's you, the only person yeah, who you, know, you were yesterday and who you were yesterday. And that's it. Yeah, but that also therein lies the problem because most people my age don't know themselves. Fair, but they but that's they, fair. But, but there's because they they're, know themselves. They're spending so much time better. trying to imitate others. Yeah, that's exactly. why. Yeah. yeah, but they. But what I mean by that is they know themselves way better mm-hmm. than they know anybody else. So yeah, of course, enlightenment is when you get to the point where you really know thyself. But <laughs> but compare yourself to other people. You if you however little you think you know of yourself, you can 
cut that into a millionth of a fraction and then even more. And that's how much you know of someone else. So how dare you compare? Look, there's that girl across the street who looks super fit or whatever, and she looks so happy, but you don't know her life. You don't know how anxious she is. I wish all of your listeners and our listeners knew how uh, not cool, how real successful these people that we all admire and look up to and follow on Instagram and shit. I mean, we've had the pleasure. We meet them. Yeah, we, yeah, I was like, how had, did you realize that? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, a lot. We've been around them a lot now and we've been around a lot of people that we I could name drop and nobody knows who the fuck they are and they have a incredible lives and they're mm-hmm. brilliant and they have a, a thriving business and people that I want to grow and learn from and I I'm, I feel blessed that I get the opportunity to talk to them but nobody knows who they are no, no. one's talking about no one thinks they're cool because yeah. they're, they don't, they're not promoting themselves oh. that way and the ones that are that are really good at promoting themselves are, tend to be the ones with yeah. the most shit they're yeah. fucked up the most oh. they're insecure they're not happy they're, they're, they're not it's, real they're it's not, such uh, a facade we'll meet these stars these YouTube stars or Instagram stars with millions of followers and you look at their videos and you expect them to be a particular way like oh this guy is super charismatic super outgoing then we'll meet them and they're the most anxious uh, individual you've ever met like they're so anxious they can't even look us straight in the face like they have literal social dysfunction and this is a YouTube star or this is an Instagram star like you have no idea or we'll meet these female fitness celebrities who are who look super lean in the pictures and fit or whatever and you meet them and they have the most terrible you know food issues or terrible exercise issues so and this is don't a, compare yourself this to isn't people. us judging people for that either no. it's just that they're more real than you think and and they probably have more bad and more shit in their life than you do and yet you're aspiring to be like them it's like so I think I think people I wish people had better perspective of that. They don't realize it. There's a, it's a big facade right now, and I think we're gonna see. I, I think we're gonna see that shit change. In we the are next five Here, ten years. Here's the deal: if if every day you try to be a fraction of a just a, a fraction of a millimeter better today than you were yesterday, and you just continue on that trajectory, watch where it takes you in three months. That little tiny change, that little bit of comparison to yourself yesterday, where today I'm gonna try and be just a little bit better. Not this crazy new person but just a little bit better today and then watch what happens and everything will work out for you and it doesn't take very long that little bit of change adds up to a lot in a very short period of time yeah i'm glad you guys brought that up because i talk about that all the time like meeting people in real life and how everybody is just a bullshitter and i feel like nobody believes me so it's good that you. well look how fucking cool we are and we only have like 20 something thousand people attached to us but you know here's the thing that people don't realize either the um the few people that we have that are connected to us the the influence that oh, we legit. truly have yeah. with them versus these people that have millions. Yeah. It's, we almost have the same amount of people that really care. Yeah. No, you know it's saying? true. That really it's care about, about quality, us. Not quality. Yeah. Right. Oh. If we, if we put out something like we could, I could ask a favor that I need help somewhere like that. Mm-hmm. And I literally feel, uh, it feels amazing to me to see this collection of 2000 people that are like ready to like, whatever I can do to help you. I see that same type of interaction with people that have millions. And so yeah. it's, I think, I don't think a, little, a lot of people understand that. You know, I think there's a there's a there's a lot of gold out there that people haven't we, found yet. And I think it'll change. I think we, we'll yeah. see we'll see it flip. We actually figured found out the other day that we we make as much per sponsored commercial mm-hmm. as other social media stars or podcasts that are like four or five, six times bigger than ours. So we get the same amount because some we convert. Yeah, some of them ten times bigger because we convert yeah. at such a high rate. 
And it's because we've, I mean, we've, well, we've been, been integrity about, yeah, yeah, we integrity don't bullshit. We've been, we've been providing good information forever. And I think that when you, when you do that, you can build, build a very sustainable business. And I think a lot of people that are trying to emulate what these guys and girls are doing, that's their desired outcome of their goal. I mean, I hear them say that like, oh, I, w- I want to be successful like that. I want to be this and they want to be that. But if they just knew, they probably wouldn't want to be that. And they're exactly. and they're focusing on all the wrong things because doing trying to you know emulate what they're doing and create a video just like they did to go viral and become you know YouTube famous like that's not going to make you happy. Yeah, you know? and that's part of what's nice about being in LA because I feel like I meet everybody in real life and I'm like, oh, you're not hot shit. So <laughs> like it's nice to see you in real life, you know, because people always ask me. People will say things about people they follow or bloggers or YouTubers, and I'll know these people in person, and I'm just like, why? Like, I can't even wrap my head around why they're admiring them. I, I find like, it fascinating because we didn't grow up with this, so it's like a, such a different world. It's like two oh, different I worlds. I've talked about this for twenty years. It's like two it's different so worlds. Two different worlds for us. This whole like, you know, social media clout and power that people have, and all of a sudden they become these celebrities, and that could never have happened 15, 20 years ago when I was a kid growing yeah. up. Like, crazy. if you had a lot of friends. Like you were fucking personable and charismatic <laughs> and and intelligent and could and liked people and people liked you and you had to have all this stuff in order for you to be popular and more than have more than two friends you know yeah. so I, I think the skill sets that it, it forces you to develop if you want all that fame that yeah. some of these kids are chasing but then instead we have this artificial fame on this these social media shit and so <sighs> it's it's creating this real it's perpetuating a fucking terrible culture do you. Do you guys watch Black Mirror? Yeah. Yo. Did you see Nosedive? I just no. talked wait, about this on the Wait, wait, which episode. remind me because I've seen them all. It's the one where, of course, you've seen them all. <laughs> I love okay. that. Like where they rate everybody. She rates everybody. Oh, yeah, everybody. yeah, 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 yeah. Like, <clears throat> you, know what's, you know what's scary about that? Did you hear the episode where I talked about that? So no. in China, they're actually they're actually coming out with that where oh, tell sure me tell me what are. it is you guys are just going back and forth so so this is Sorry, so, so. Th- it's an episode where you you rate people as you're looking at them and they see how much you rated them so people's interactions Every start interaction to change have you give someone a rating from like zero to five. Oh, well it's like the uber of like yeah, relationship okay, connections yeah, just yeah. normal just every day get access to certain things based on your rating you know so everybody she's like what an, it's like a credit score but way yeah, way stronger trying to get her rating up to like a 4.5 so she can do like do these things and people will like her and everything's so fake and like it's crazy but then she makes a mistake loses her temper her rating goes down and then it spirals yeah. down and it's like and then all of a sudden you're the this pariah because you have a low score nobody wants to deal with you because if you deal with what people, a great episode yeah but it's not even just about social interactions it's like her number's too low so she can't rent a car she can't go on the plane like right, they're right. only letting certain people on the plane yep. she can't get this job yep. you know like it's affecting your the whole socialism culture. but you know yeah. what's funny that's that's so china's coming out with a system like that yeah. where they will literally give you a score based on all those things, like who you hang around with will affect your score. Your credit affects your score. Your purchases affect your score. Your earning potential affects your score. Your All these things affect your score. And then people can literally up or downgrade you on this. And so then they think it'll control society to make it it's fucking frightening. <laughs> it's frightening. Oh it's really God. weird. It's crazy. You have nightmares. Well, it's, it's, it could go that way, right? It's crazy. It's scary to think that they could try Well, I think in a communist country like China, it could right, happen because they'll mean. force it. But I don't think it would happen in a country like this one because we would push I, don't, back. I don't think people would like that. You know what I mean? I'd be like, I don't want that shit. Yeah. yeah. No, I wouldn't. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. This is too much. Okay. We're stopping. Um, tell people where they can listen to you. Mind Pump. If they haven't heard enough of you. <laughs> Mind Pump is our podcast. <clears throat> our YouTube channel is Mind Pump TV. 
And then if you want to contact us on Instagram, I'm Mind Pump Sal. We have Mind Pump Adam, Mind Pump Justin. Really easy to remember. And then our website is where our programs are. So we talked about Maps Hit. That's uh, available right now. It's it's been released. It's at mindpumpmedia.com. Do you have you ever told people about our free coaching that we do? Have you ever done it? Um, no, I haven't been advertising for you. Okay. Are you going to sponsor me? <laughs> Maybe we'll see. <laughs> no, it's it's free. This is something that uh, you know we we touched on a lot of topics of who's the right person to do this or that. Well, I I recommend before you buy or do anything, if you're at all uncertain about what you're going to try or get into, is to enroll in the 30 days of coaching. And basically, all we've done is we've curated all the information that we've provided over the last 600 plus episodes and and we put it in this 30 days of if we had somebody who we only had 30 days with what information would we try and you know and provide uh, yeah provide for them through a fire hose and you know you have to, and we've broken it up in topics every single day so they'll get dripped an email every day with an, a new topic and they can dive deep into it if you want to find out about the studies that whatever we're talking about or if you want to hear the podcast episode where we go deep with it you can or if you just want to read the one page little blog on it you can also so i encourage people to go do that it's it's on the website and you sign up for that go through that learn that first and then i think that's a nice transition before you do any sort of programs excellent all right (laughs) thanks for coming on you guys thank you i hope you enjoyed that episode with adam and sal i always have the best time with them they're amazing if you aren't already listening to Mind Pump, you absolutely have to. Check them out on iTunes. You can also listen to their podcast on their Mind Pump app, which you can download in the App Store. Make sure you head to mindpumpmedia.com to check out all of their fitness programs. Follow them on Instagram if you dare. All of their links will be in the show notes. I hope you enjoyed this one. Thanks for tuning in. And I'll talk to you again next week. 